Welcome to Set on Sunday, a podcast by Killable Anglican where we talk about what was said on Sunday or even what we didn't have time to say on Sunday. We are passionate about being deep in the Word of God and doing life together in community. So thanks for letting us into your week as we learn more about Jesus together. Here's today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Set on Sunday. Um, my name's Beck and I'm hosting the podcast today. And joining me today is Nathan. Hello, good to see you on a Monday this time. I know I'm very disoriented. Um, I'm not going to know what day it is tomorrow. We normally record this on a Tuesday morning and it's a Monday afternoon. And James is joining us too today. I am here. Welcome. Yes, thank you. It's good it, to I mean, be you're on always the here. Well, yeah, I'm just I'm in front of a microphone this Sometimes time. Sometimes you're so. a little quieter. Yeah. A li- little bit, yeah. yeah. Monday <laughs> Monday is James's grumpy day for those who don't know. So oh. it's very gracious of him to <laughs> to serve. Yeah, I think I um I think I've scared a few people with my Monday itis. Uh, <laughs> I'm just a shell of my former self from Sunday. <laughs> I'm, I'm completely drained. I just sit yeah. there in the meeting and everyone's like, is he all right? Like, is everything okay? And, yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying better. I am drinking a sugar-free lemon drink. Um, so not Pepsi Max, if you're asking. Mm-hmm. Um, but it makes me more chippy. You know what I did actually this morning? I, I did something therapeutic. I mowed my lawn at 8.30. Good job. Wow. I thought, you know what? That's good for me. I'll mow my lawn. And then it put me in a good mood for Monday to see that my lawn was nicely cut. Smells good. I, looks fresh. Does, does. Yeah, it was a little bit wet, um, but that's okay. So Monday morning. Good. If you're looking for more lawns, there's one in Kellyville Ridge for you. Yeah. Waiting for you. Yeah. <laughs> as long as I can turn them into a putting green. That's, that's what I'm aiming for with my lawn don't at the moment. I don't know the lawns are big enough in Kellyville Ridge for putting greens, but maybe. Oh, I don't know. I've, sure. I've been to Nathan's house. He doesn't have any out the back. <laughs> no, out the front. Yeah. That's all right. All right, guys, let's get on with it. Um, yeah, sorry. So, <laughs> so we were um, looking at Psalm 119 on Sunday. Nathan, yes, what did you talk about? Yes, 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 yes. Um, yeah, what did I talk about? Psalm 119. So it's a love song to the Word of God, which is really, uh, really refreshing. And so it's 176 verses, but we only covered about 24. And even those 24, we kind of skirted over the top of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we looked at just the benefits of the Word of God. And so the two we focused on, uh, there are many, many more if you do read Psalm 119. But the two we focused on were kind of leads to obedience and it leads to wisdom and mm-hmm. it leads to uh, eternal life as well. And so we're just kind of comparing the author of this psalm, who we don't know who it is, uh, but they just love Man, they love the Bible. Mm. They are obsessed with the Bible. And so uh, really challenging to us because I think we see it as a good thing but it's an obligation, a bit of a chore. You know, we should do it. We're obligated to do it. Um, But this author goes, mate. We get to do it. How mm. amazing! Our soul is consumed with longing. You know, that's he wants. He wants the Bible, and mm. he wants. And yeah, it's a blessing to spend any time in it. So, uh, really, really refreshing because we all, a lot of us, struggle to read the Bible. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I know I do. Um, to be consistent. Mm. Um, so we've got a few questions about how do we cultivate that same love of God's word that mm. the psalmist had. Um, the first question is, are we supposed to aim to love the Old Testament law as much as the psalmist does or is it okay to like the New Testament better? Yeah, that's a good question. I think so, yeah, it's a hard one because I mean, 2 Timothy 3.16 is all scripture is God-breathed and mm. is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. So it's all really helpful and all mm. important and every, and every bit of scripture serves its purpose. So we don't want to elevate one bit of scripture ahead of any others. In saying that, I think it's all right to be naturally drawn 
to some books and there are books that kind of speak into your life situation right now or have always really inspired you. I've always found James, uh, the book really, James Muggeridge and James the book, uh, very inspirational uh, and very, but just so practical. James is so down to earth and so practical and mm. he doesn't waste any time. He just jumps in. He says, hey, he just says hello and he starts giving commands and, and mm. just and I've always found that refreshing. Mm. Um, no small talk. Let's just, let's just get down to business. Uh, and then above, I've also found Philippians really inspirational with Paul's attitude towards serving God and willing to suffer. And so I've always been drawn to those books, but I would never say that they're more the word of God or they're superior mm. books. Mm. And so, yeah, I naturally click with them more. But in saying that, all those New Testament texts that we love make zero sense without the Old Testament. And yeah. so if you want to understand all the cool things that are going on in the New Testament, you need the Old Testament. And so even though it's a bit weirder to us, the sacrificial laws are a bit strange, but again, it makes, yeah, without them, the New Testament is just pointless. It makes makes no sense. Yeah. So uh, we really need them. And so even if we don't naturally click with them, we don't want to value the other scripture more because, yeah, without and so kind of like, you know, I really like Avengers Infinity War. It's my favourite Marvel movie. But if none of the movies came before it, it'd make no sense. But who, who are these characters and why should I care? So mm. that might be my favourite uh, thing, but without the stuff before it, um, it doesn't work. So I think it's worthwhile that, um, yeah, Jesus, Paul, all those guys, without the Old Testament, they're kind of just random dudes. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And the Bible's one big story, right, mm. from mm. start to finish. And yes. I think that's helpful for us to recognise that is that it's, it's God's plan uh, for humanity from the very beginning of Genesis right through to the end in Revelation. And so I think understanding it in that context that we don't sort of just take one half without the other, as Nathan was saying, it just wouldn't make sense. Um, mm. You know, you wouldn't Hebrews wouldn't make sense if you didn't understand mm. all, all the laws of the Old Testament and, and the sacrifices that took place there and how Jesus has fulfilled that. Um, and so I think it's really important that, you know, as Nathan has, has, has obviously said, that there are parts of the Bible that you will feel more gravitated towards. Mm. Um, you know, I love Romans. Um but then I read numbers and I go, it's oh, a bit boring. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, and that's okay, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, but it's still important for us to engage with the Old Testament because yeah. it just makes the New Testament just that so much more richer, especially as they do refer back to the old uh, quite regularly because um, for us, um, oh, actually, sorry, for them, it wasn't that old, mm-hmm. <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, yeah, exactly. you know, It was very relevant for them at that time and as they were writing these letters. Um, but now we sort of make this distinction, you know, Jesus, New Testament, pre-Jesus, Old Testament kind of thing. And I think, you know, a lot of people hold on to that New Testament, but I would encourage people to to really lean into the Old Testament readings um, because it just makes the New so much more richer. And actually you see Jesus through the Old Testament, which mm. is like Isaiah. It's just, it's beautiful. So I mm. encourage you in that. Yeah. Mm. I think that one of the barriers to the Old Testament is that mm. like the New Testament is a couple of thousand years ago, but the Old Testament's even longer mm-hmm. ago. And I think we're a bit more familiar with the historical and cultural context of the New Testament because we spend so much time there. Yep. But you go back to like Numbers or Leviticus and it's just so, – it, it's even more foreign. So I think in order to cultivate a love of the Old Testament, it's really helpful to get some good resources to help clue you into the cultural um, history and the different genres that are used and all of that kind of thing. Um, and a couple of really accessible resources I've found helpful to that end are the um, How to Read the Bible Book by Book and How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth by Gordon Fee and Douglas Stewart. Um, they're really good entry point books to help you contextualise, I guess, the Old Testament so that you can understand it more deeply. And then you do see the riches that come through. 
Um, also maybe go to Bible college, but I know not, not everyone can do that. Um, but that, that's a Bible college in a couple of books. Um, they're helpful. Bex Bible College. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just come yeah. and have a chat. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take you through my library. <laughs> yeah. yeah, less technical commentaries as well. Can mm. be quite helpful, like preaching the word, where it's actually just sermons that people have preached through mm-hmm. those mm. books. It's where it gets you into more detail and help you understand the context, but they're not really getting into all the technical Hebrew mm. uh, language and, and all the stuff that's going on there. So you're preaching the word, um, focus on the Bible series. Yeah, there's a few. There's a few really helpful series like that that are just a soft entry into getting a little Mm. deeper into the Old Testament world as well. Yeah, because not everyone has time to get into all of that stuff. Mm. Um, So it's good to have something um, a bit more accessible. Yeah. All right, the next question is, the word says your words are sweeter than honey, but if it doesn't taste sweet, how do you make it sweet? (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good question because I think I love reading the Bible and it's been one of the habits that ever since kind of Dennis taught me has been one of those things I've struggled more with prayer than with, mm-hmm. with Bible reading. But uh, even then, even when you do have a good habit, there are certainly days where you wake up and go, all right, I'm doing this out of habit rather than I'm super keen to get yeah. into the word. And I'm sure even the author of Psalm 119 had times where he went, uh, yep, I know it's going to be good for me, so I'm going to do it, but I'm not super excited about it. Mm. So don't don't panic too much if you have days or even month-long stretches like that. Mm. Uh, I think... The word of God still shapes and challenges you, even if you're not excited for it. It still uh, changes your attitude, changes the way you treat people, and so you still will reap the benefits. So knowing that it's doing you good, uh, even if you're not super excited for it, can help you to to get up for it. Mm. Uh, I know I'm definitely uh, less moody and, and calmer, and much quicker to forgive and admit my own faults. Just spending and even even if it's the passage has nothing to do with that stuff, like just mm. being time in a word just shapes you like that. Mm. Uh, so there's still tons of benefits. Uh, and it's very normal to kind of have those little ruts. But I have found the more I've done it, the more I love, the more I love it. And mm. it's the more that I've pulled away, the harder it is to get back into it. Mm. And so keep going, keep going. It's like a lot of other habits, the other healthy habits, whether it be exercising or whatever. It's kind of the more you do it, the more you like it. And the longer time you have off, the harder it is to get back into it. So keep persevering. Uh, it will turn around and you'll still reap the benefits uh, that the word brings and um, it'll still cut you to the heart and change your behavior and shape you. So keep persevering with it, even if you're not waking up desperate to open the Bible. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And I think one of the key things you've said, um, you've mentioned Dennis a few times now and having someone like a Dennis, uh, so someone that's a little bit further on in the faith uh, that can mentor you or read the Bible with you, or it can just be a, another friend from church to encourage you um, because there might be things that you won't see and then you go, this is mundane or I'm just really struggling here. But, you know, your brother or sister in Christ that you're meeting up with is like, how good is this? Mm-hmm. And so being reminded of that and and doing that with others, I think is a really important way to, if you are struggling, ask someone to read the Bible with you. Um, do it together. Go grab coffee. You know, um, as as Nathan uh, shared with us yesterday, you know, seven minutes with God. Um, so, I think it's a really important thing for us to to engage in that way and, and to do it together in community. It's not something that we just have to do on our own. It's good for us to do it on our own as we sit in personal mm. reflection and time with God. But if it's um, if it's a hard season for you, then reach out um, and, mm. and meet with others. So, mm. yeah. yeah. The next question is quite similar. So. But I'll ask it anyway and then you might have some additional thoughts that are prompted. Um, Is something wrong with me if I don't always feel excited reading the Bible? I try to do quiet time regularly and I know it's helpful, but what will transform me into a person who delights in it? So we've already covered persevere, no, this is quite normal, like don't 
be too concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, persevere, keep going. The more you read it and know it, the more you will learn to love it and reading in community. Is there anything else that we can do to help? Yeah, I think you can mix it up a little bit. So um, so sometimes, so like this year I started journaling, so it forced me to write my reflections on the text and that's actually sometimes I've had an initial reading. I've gone, okay, that's that's interesting, whatever, but then when I've actually had to try and articulate thoughts and, and write it down and actually new things have come to light so you can mix it up mm. so sometimes i've just done my seven minutes with god other times i've done um don carson's reading plan we read the whole bible in a year so some and then other years i'll actually slow right down just do a few verses a day but try and get depth so you can mix it up uh doing it with other people is very refreshing it's always a shot in the arm so meeting with dennis is always like it's a i get a shot in the arm on sunday uh being at church and i get a shot in the arm on tuesday when i meet up with dennis and then mm-hmm. and then the small groups as well same thing uh so doing it with people having that accountability um having someone so it depends on your life stage but having a mentor is really good but also being a mentor mm-hmm. uh, is something i would consider as well so you're helping someone else can be there's lots of different things you can do but mm-hmm. um yeah mix it up so i'm doing much slower year this year i'm not doing as much wide bible reading mm-hmm. um, but i'm going slower i'm forcing myself to write reflections on texts and that's making me uh, making me meditate actually and journaling forces the good thing about journaling which i've never been into before is it forces you to meditate on mm-hmm. what you just read and that mm-hmm. often makes the reading richer and it makes you think about what you're actually going to do in the day ahead so that is a really helpful practice i've kind of picked up this year mm. yeah um i'd say I would encourage you to maybe look at some other supplementary resources that can go alongside the readings. Uh, so Tim Keller's done a bunch of stuff with um, devotions. Um, so look at a particular part of scripture and then sort of talk about it and some things to pray for out of it. And so I think, you know, it doesn't just have to be open the Bible. Let's look at Psalm 119, 1 to 8, read that and pray. But actually there could be other things that might help you engage deeper in God's word that other people have written to help you do that when you're feeling like just reading it at this stage is you're finding it challenging. And so there are heaps of different things um, in that in that area where people have written things. So I would encourage you in that. So, yeah, and echo everything else that Nath said. I think is really important. Mm. Yeah. And you don't know how God's working. Like people, like I've had people come up to and say to me, like when I've been feeling flat about it and going, I've seen you change so much in the last six months, you go, Really? <laughs> I haven't. Uh, and so, yeah, the word, the word of God is still shaping you, even if it doesn't feel like it. And so, yeah, it's it's powerful. It's, mm. um, it's, yeah, it really cuts. Yeah, and I think that we don't necessarily have to go to the Bible expecting it to fulfil a, a need in that moment as mm. well. Um, Jen Wilkin is um, a, a, an author in America who I really resonate with and she's been really helpful for me. Um, and she encourages people to come to the Bible not only with hunger. She goes, yeah, that's great. If you feel hungry for it, that's awesome. But also with patience, um, with an acknowledgement that the Bible is primarily about God, not about meeting your needs really. So although it does meet our needs, it's primarily about God and we need to come to the Bible expecting it to be a bit hard. Mm. Um, and expecting the rewards, sometimes rewards will come in that moment, in that particular quiet time, but sometimes it'll be a slow burn, mm-hmm. like a, a, a cumulative effect um, where God's God's plan is revealed and God's beauty is slowly revealed to you after mining the depths of, of the word. So don't feel like you have to go to scripture expecting it to be sweet and really like pumped about reading it. Um, sometimes an attitude of patience is appropriate as well because it is a it is a big task. It's a big book and there are depths to mine. Um, yeah, so maybe maybe just a um, 
more realistic, I guess, um, way, way of approaching scripture. It's so great to hear about how much people love the Bible because I do think that gives you a boost. Like um, and if you're around people who love the Bible, you're kind of like, oh, I want to I open my Bible. Um, so I think that's, that is really good. But also just be aware that it takes patience too, mm. hey. Yeah. Okay, so you were talking about other resources earlier, James. Um, and so someone's asked, where would you say that bibliographies, devotionals and other resources sit with spending time with God consistently? What if they're more helpful than the word itself, I guess they're saying? I think the word itself is where you would start and I would encourage you to, to start there. Um, the devotional resources and um, commentaries and all those sort of other things are and opportunities uh, for you to see different perspectives from other people and their thoughts around what God's Word is saying. So I would... Sorry, my mic's cutting out. I touched the lead, which I said I wouldn't touch before we started. <laughs> I'm now going to hold it in place. Uh, but I would encourage you to to cite sources and to look and, and read things from trusted people, uh, reformed evangelicals that have to share uh, on different aspects of what you're reading. Um, but I would always encourage you to start at the Word of God because they aren't the Word of God. Mm. Um, they are supplementary to it. Um, that's not to say that they don't have their place and they're not important and they are wonderful. Like I, I when I prepare to preach, which I'll be doing this Sunday, um, I will be looking to the commentaries that um, help sort of shed light on um, the verses that I'll be preaching from on Sunday. And so I'd encourage you, yeah, 100%, use them. They're great. They're, they've been given to us uh, by God. You know, God's put on the heart of these people to write these resources for Christians to read and to use and to grow, um, but they, they're not. They're not better than the word itself. Mm. Um, and so just be mindful of that. So always start at the word and then use those as secondary sources to your devotional times. Mm. Yeah, I find those um, supplementary resources really helpful. Mm. And I really love, I love reading those, um, yeah, those biographies about people. Um, yeah, like um, Charles Spurgeon and John Calvin and Luther, those guys who kind of really shaped our theology and mm. had to push through some pretty big challenges, but then they also had some big warts and flaws as well. And mm -hmm. yet, um, God worked through them. So I, I, they are really helpful and really encouraging. And, uh, I remember, yeah, as a young Christian being introduced to guys like Graham Goldsworthy for mm. biblical theology and then John Piper and Tim Keller and Don Carson and their guys, I still go back to, uh, years and years later and they're super helpful. But like James said, I think you want it to be supplementary reading, not, you know, it'd be a bit of a concern if that replaced, mm. uh, your Bible reading like those, they're really helpful and they, and the good thing about those guys is they will point you to the Bible and probably you'll read some, you know, verses whilst you're reading their books. Mm. Um, but. You don't want to replace going to the the source <laughs> straight to to God's mouth Himself, and so that that's His word. So that's your starting point, but definitely as a supplement, they're really helpful, really engaging, and 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 it's really good to hear other people's uh, stories and struggles and and seeing their and and learning from past church members' wins and mistakes, and mm. and hopefully it'll help you uh, dodge some of the mistakes that they made and 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 gain some of the great habits and things that, that they did. So, mm. um, yeah, super helpful as a preacher to read, you know, like Tim Keller and Charles Spurgeon and try and learn some things mm. and replicate some of the things that you can. You can't copy. Like it doesn't matter how much I practice, I'm not going to be Spurgeon, I'm sad to say. I did joke <laughs> in my ordination interview. They said, where do you want to be in five years? I said, hopefully a better version of Charles Spurgeon. 
which was that. a risky move, risky move mm. when they didn't know who I was. <laughs> I will not say that tomorrow. <laughs> I'll try to get <laughs> Yeah, don't emulate. They <laughs> laughed, they <laughs> laughed, <laughs> they laughed. Luckily we all laughed and said that won't happen. Um, <clears throat> but no, it's super, super helpful. And I really mm. do encourage you to read it on top. And my, my favourite hobby is reading. So, I, But mm. yeah, I will do my quiet time first and then... And then read about all those all those people, men and women in the past, and and then current current issues as well. Yeah, mm. super fun to read it. Super important, um, but Bible always trumps. Yeah, and you want to read those other resources with like one eye on scripture mm. and one eye in those resources. I think particularly in the devotional space. And speaking as a woman who reads some has read some women's devotionals over the years, sometimes they're actually just not accurate to the text itself Mm. like and you don't know that if you haven't actually spent time Mm. in the text and we can just take things on board that someone has said and what they what they're saying isn't necessarily bad but they're not teaching from the passage like you're missing what the word is actually trying to say so I think that you do need to know what the bible says in order to assess those other resources um and sort of sort of read them in tandem read them side by side um, yeah, because sometimes devotionals can miss the mark and mm. sometimes bibliographies, it's hard to assess what to emulate and what not if we're not familiar with the word itself. Mm. Um, yeah, but they're certainly very helpful. Um, all right, so to round us off, last question. We've talked heaps about resources in this yeah. podcast, but are there any other resources that you would recommend for people who are wanting to get into the word and maybe some scripture memorization, extra tips about that or yeah. what are some extra resources? <laughs> yeah, so the main two that I've used in terms of quiet times have been that seven minutes mm-hmm. with God and, and the idea of it is as you get more comfortable with it, each segment gets a little longer and so you start with seven but hopefully you know, end up 15 minutes with God mm-hmm. and you've doubled your reading time and your prayer time and and so you do bigger and bigger chunks. Um, but starting, but when if, you, if you're just starting off and just forming the habit, actually being quite wooden and even having a timer going, up oh, 30 seconds, I stop my prayer, up oh, four minutes, mm-hmm. stop my Bible reading, uh, can be quite helpful. And then as you get more comfortable with the routine, you start making tweaks and, and changing lengths. Mm-hmm. But when you're first starting off, be quite wooden and, uh, and, and follow those ways. So I've done that. Then the other main thing I've done is for the love of God, which is uh, Don Carson's reading plan. So instead of so that's much more than seven minutes. It's about four chapters a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's about 15 minutes of reading. And then he has a commentary on one of the four. So you read four chapters a day from different parts uh, of the Bible, from four different parts of the Bible. And then he'll, he'll have a commentary on one of the passages uh, that you read. So I've done that. So they're the main two things I've done uh, mm-hmm. quite time-wise. Uh, with scripture memory tips with that is just uh, the navigator's have a resource called the topical memory system and so assigning versus a topic makes it much more memorable for some reason and then being very diligent more important to get the you want to get all of it right you want to be really strict with word perfection because it mm. it likes i remember one i remember i was one john 5 11 and 12 13 years ago but because i was strict with word retention actually lasted 13 years um whereas if you just learn a paraphrase it slips out of your memory uh so be a bit of be really strict be um mm. be like also a, remembering the reference yeah about yes the, the, if you had to if you have to choose one like having word perfection or having the reference you'd want the reference it's better mm. to go i know that you know ephesians 5 3 is about sexual immorality and purity and i remember the topic and i remember the reference and even though i don't know the words i can pull it up mm. whereas if you go i'm pretty sure the bible says you know love of money is dangerous but 
who knows where it is. It's mm. kind of not that helpful of a comment, mm. even though you have said a true thing. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, really focus on topics and and reference. But if you want long-term retention, um, word perfection is is really important. So it's good to be super strict. So I used, to, I used to recite my verses to Dennis every Tuesday, every verse I learnt, and he would make me say it again <laughs> if I ever – even if I got one word wrong and it was just a, you know, I said but instead of and, like I'd have to go from the top um, and it made it last a lot longer. So doing it with people is really helpful and it makes you retain it and there's an accountability to it. So, yeah, and then not going – so and doing two a week is the magic amount of you can sustainably do it and you can retain – it's slow enough that you can retain everything you've done mm-hmm. but fast enough that you make a lot of ground. Whereas if you go try to reverse a day – you make a lot of ground, but you can't retain anything. And then, yep. you, and if you do one or less a week, then you kind of get bummed by how little progress you're making, even if you can retain it. So it's, it is lots of research and thought has been put into this. So two verses a week, uh, make sure you know a topic and a reference. Um, it's really helpful. And, hmm. and doing it with other people is 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 going to get you the most longevity. You'll have a little burst, a little surge of a few months if you do it by yourself, but you won't last years and years. So that'd be my those are my tips for quiet times and, and scripture memory. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, yeah, for me, um, I just go through the Bible and pick different chapters and places and uh, I've never done like a particular way. I'm not a very structured person. If people know me, I'm pretty fluid. You're I'm a, a creative. I'm a creative. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and so I've always had a very fluid approach to, to reading the Bible. Uh, mm. And so I'll just start somewhere, start at the beginning of Romans and I'll just read through Romans and then I'll pick somewhere else. I might go to James or, or Hebrews or Philippians um, and I'll just go through that. And mm. then I'll br- usually bring a commentary with me as well. Uh, and if there's something that I'm like, oh, you know, what's Paul saying there? Like I'm just I'm wrestling with this. So I'll quickly have a look at what the, the notes are on the verse and go, oh, nice, and and think it uh, through and, and pray over that and what I've learned that morning. Um, but, yeah, I do – I don't have a very structured approach. I'm not a, a good student from that perspective. <laughs> but it sounds like you are like taking a book rather than – Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not just going to cherry pick verses or anything yeah. like that. I will look – I'll take a book, whether it's in the old or in the new, uh, and then I will follow through that and finish it before mm. I then start the next one. I don't do like a chapter of Romans I and do a chapter. Really I think yeah. yeah seeing it through because your head's in the context of what's being written because context is key yeah. it's understanding what's being said and why it's being said helps you understand that and as you do that over maybe the course of the month or whatever it is um it just helps it helps you read and, and understand and, and grow more I think in that's an area so yeah mm. yeah. yeah cool yeah. I've talked about my memory verse songs before. <laughs> but, yeah, they're really good. But if you don't want to write your own songs, yeah. um, the, there's Seeds Family Worship on Spotify has memory verse songs. Um, someone put me onto them when I was talking about my memory verse songs before. And so you don't have to have kids to get into a memory verse song. Um, and I, there's something about music and lyrics that helps you remember things, I think. Um, I remember ads from the 80s. Um, Give to us this one. day. Give us one back. Oh, seriously? Yeah, let's do it. I, ca- I can't. I can't. It'll, <laughs> go, it'll, go, it'll go for too long and then I'll be embarrassed think, by no, the I end. Think, uh, in the 90s, um, it might have been Domino's or Pizza. I was like, oh, 800, 83, 83, 83. <laughs> Pizza Hut. There you go. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's like, like one, three, double, oh, six, triple, five, oh, six, the reading, writing helpline. Yeah, yeah. Nice. yeah. yeah. So there, I firm it. I yeah, put her on the yeah. spot and she froze. Sorry. Well, I was thinking like more of the snack pack um, ad, which is like this long rap, and I just don't want to rap on the oh, podcast on. again. So yeah, but it. <laughs> I will not be peer pressured. Um, but yeah, yeah. 
So happy days, mm. like mem- memorising things to songs is fun. The other resource I would highly recommend is Jen Wilkin again, just getting two shout-outs, this podcast, um, her book Women of the Word, which is the subtitle How to Study with Both Our Hearts and Our Minds. Mm. Um, and so she shares her jo- journey from um, like not reading the Bible much, I guess, and to really loving the Word of God. And then she shares process and a lot of her process about reading the bible actually resonates with a lot of the things that i learned about at bible college so again bible college in a library Mm -hmm. um in three books um Mm. i'd highly recommend jen wilkin and even though it's targeted at women it's not like men will also get things out of it because she talks Mm. a lot about about process um of of getting into the word things like printing out the entire book of the bible double spaced so that you can underline and write your own notes and really engage with the word in a way that it's hard to do Mm. in the text of our Bible when the pages are paper thin and Uh. the text is so close together. And as I get older, it's too small anyway. So, um, yeah, so it's, she's got some really helpful suggestions. Um, so I highly recommend that resource as well. And that's our last question. Um, and so we always like to round off the podcast. We're talking about what we're talking about next Sunday. James. Yeah. Uh, so we're looking at Psalm 137. Uh, and you may know the song, By the Rivers of Babylon. I do. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Is that 70s, 80s? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I was born late 70s. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, we're looking at that. So Psalm 137, uh, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty difficult psalm it near is. the end. Um, mm. it's, uh, a little bit controversial with, uh, what verse nine says and how someone could pray that. And I'm mm. not going to say what it is. Um, you can read Psalm 137 and hear me attempt to unpack that for us on Sunday. Um, yeah. but it's, it, it is confronting and a lot of theologians have sort of argued against its place in scripture and mm. how one could ask that of God. Um, but again, this is where I was saying before context is really key yeah um, and actually what was going on when this psalm was written and what uh, what is actually being sung here or being asked for by God um, is I won't go too far into it uh, without going into my sermon but essentially it's this notion of sort of retribution theology mm. or this idea of this was done to us God mm. return what they they have done to us to them in uh, in um, justifying or sort of um, bringing about the righteous judgment uh, of what's happened to us and so it's it's challenging it's hard mm. i'm not fully over it yet i will be by sunday mm. um but yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a challenging one for sunday but it'll be good it's good to tackle yeah. this stuff it's not yep. something that we should shy away from yeah um and so yeah i encourage you to be on uh be here on sunday and and we'll unpack it together yeah all right we'll come and um hear what james has to say about that tricky verse in the bible and uh, we look forward to joining you in worship with god's people see you then Thanks for listening to this episode. We'd love you to join us at Kellyville Anglican any Sunday at 8.30, 10.30 or 6.15pm. You can find out more information at www.ka.church. So come join us and see for yourself what is said on Sunday.